Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. It's time for Football Asia with Paul Williams. Yes, we round out the show as usual with Football Asia in the company of Paul Williams from the Asian Game Podcast. Good evening, Paolo. Simon, Alex, how are you going, guys? Very good. Very good uh, let's uh, just start off by throwing you a bit of a curveball. This was my question, so Broski t- bears no responsibility. Uh, Caro Mitoma. <laughs> who is on fire, as we know, for Brighton at the moment. Four goals in his last six, including that stoppage time winner against Liverpool in the Cup. That's why it wasn't Broski's question. Uh, <laughs> along with Son Heung-min, is he Asia's best? He's mounting a very strong case for it. Mm. Um, I think Mehdi Tarimi and, and what he's been able to do consistently at Porto over the last couple of years puts him in that frame of discussion as well. But Mitoma on his current form and if that continues and it certainly you know shows no signs of abating at the moment he'll certainly put himself in that conversation because we saw what he did at the world cup he was used mainly as a, a super sub much to the frustration of many by by Moriasu. but every time he came on he made an impact and he's now carried that form um into the resumption of the premier league and you know that some of the goals he's scored since the resumption the one against liverpool on the weekend was just absolutely sumptuous and you would think it's not going to be long before Brighton are fielding some very serious offers for uh, for Mitoma from some of the bigger clubs, whether that's in England or or on the continent. In Saudi, Paul, we saw uh, we've seen Cristiano Ronaldo uh, get started over there in the game against PSG, but more recently he uh, he's been blamed for Al Nasser's loss to uh, Al Ittihad in the Saudi Super Cup by his coach, who uh, blamed him for missing a big opportunity and saying that was a game changing moment. So he's still looking for his first goal there. We saw fans uh, stamping on a flag with his name on it afterwards as well. It's, it's all going swimmingly, it isn't it? It started all that well, has it? You've got to love the patience of football fans going to two games without a goal and and they're already turning on him. I mean, and, and the game against Aliti had, yes, he missed that that opportunity that uh, that could have changed the game. But, you know, Aliti had a, a no mugs. They're right in contention for the title alongside Al Nasser. They're, they're only a couple of points behind they're one of the biggest clubs in Saudi they probably should have won the league last season as well so it's not a massive upset in that context but given that Ronaldo's at Al Nasser every result every action is going to be scrutinized and and analyzed and that is what happens when you go and and get such a big payday to be the star of the show you the expectations are high but I think you know people expected him to go there and score hatfuls of goals for fun and I think probably showing a lot of people that it's not going to be as easy as perhaps they thought it might be. Yeah. Well, if he gets a bit down, he can always go to the ATM and just check his <laughs> bank balance. Can't he? I think it'll show that it's okay. Uh, let's talk about uh, a little bit of uh, transfer news involving some familiar names. Uh, I see that Ruon Tongyik, uh, currently with the Wanderers, is set to go to Iran and join mm. Mes Rafsanjan. Uh, and another familiar name on the move, Valentino Yule, formerly with the Jets, of course, whose spell in Iran didn't work out. Uh, has gone to Umsalal in Qatar, and he's already on the score sheet. 
he scored a, about a day or two after arriving, I think, and, and being announced with uh, with Um Salal. His case is perhaps a bit of a cautionary tale for Ruan Tongyuk as well, because we see when players go to Iran, it can be a difficult place to go. There's a, obviously there's the, the international sanctions that uh, that are on Iran. So we often see it's very, very difficult. Um, and with the mess that is often the Iranian clubs as well. Um, we often see players not getting paid, um, whether that's because of the sanctions or whether that's just because of the mismanagement of the clubs as well. He's gone to a club that was until very recently only in the second division. So they're notionally a bit of a smaller club as well. So it's an interesting move. I hope it works out for him, but we've seen this in the past perhaps not work out as uh, as they expect. And as you said, Valentino Yule, his stint in Iran didn't necessarily work out, but he's landed on his feet in uh, in Qatar. He's got a great teammate he'll be um, vying for positions with as well in Sardor Rashidov, who's um, a fantastic Uzbek player who perhaps hasn't quite reached the heights that we thought he would. But um, yeah, great teammate there for Valentino Yule to, uh, to learn a bit off as well. It is, and Valentino Yule's team is uh, in the relegation of the battle. Hope at the moment, mm. hopefully, he can uh, pull them out of that. But staying in Qatar, Al Duhail under Hernan Crespo is uh, now four points clear after they defeated Sainsbury's Al Wakra on the weekend. Uh, how is Trent Sainsbury going? Well, Al Wakra struggling a little bit this season, and Trent's gone there and. I know his form in in the beginning wasn't particularly the best. I know there were some some mixed reports of of that form as well, and, and now that that loss, as you said, on the the weekend to um to Alda Hale, so it hasn't been um, um, a, a glorious start to life for uh, for Trent in Qatar. But for me, the interesting thing in Qatar is at the moment you mentioned Alda Hale sitting on on top of the table there, but it's it's Al Sad because we know before the World Cup started that you know all the the national team players were in camp and that wiped out most of al sad's squad they've got all their best team back together again now but they're playing a bit bit of catch up there's 10 points behind al dahale they have a game in hand but we've seen how easily they've done it in the past they've gone through seasons undefeated so even though they're they're 10 points back at the moment i wouldn't necessarily write them out of contention to go on and storm home and um and make it interesting for al dahale yeah, I'm sure Trent Sainsbury will be uh, looking to get uh, his Socceroos squad place back. Uh, mm. Rumour is, is that the uh, the Roos are going to be in action in the March window. So we'll see how he goes with that. Uh, let's move on to India. Mumbai City are, of course, part of the City Football Group, sitting uh, well out in front at the moment. Des Buckingham, familiar name to us here in Australia, doing a pretty good job. Uh, but I see that he's ruled himself out of the all-whites job with New Zealand. Um, I think he was probably one of the favourites for that gig. Could he possibly be in line for the full-time gig at Melbourne City, perhaps? He could be. He's signed an extension with with Mumbai City recently. <coughs> excuse me. After rejecting that uh, that all-whites gig, so I mean, he's tied himself to the to the City Football Group and. You know, we know contracts don't necessarily mean much if uh, if new opportunities arise. So it's 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 possible that that might happen. I mean, they're flying high at the moment. They're they're now sixteen undefeated, which is a new Indian Super League record. Um, and as we spoke about last week, it's hard to see anyone sort of beating them for that title. We know anything can happen in finals. We've seen that in the in the past, but such is their their domination this season that it's going to be very hard to see um, to see anyone reining them in from this point. Uh, Demi Petranza scoring twice for Mohan Bagan as they beat Odisha. So uh, the Aussies going all right over there in India mm. at the moment. 
Uh, just want to round out, Paolo, with uh, some more transfer news. Eldor Shomurodov has signed mm. for Spezia in Italy. Is he the first Uzbek to play in a big European league? He's going to go and play in Serie A if he makes the first 11, of course. Mm. Well, of course, he's already been in, in Serie A for the last few seasons. He's he's joined Spezia, as you said. He's, he's coming from Roma where... His game time was a little bit limited. That was a big move for him probably 18 months ago now to to move to to Roma under Jose Mourinho. Played, you know, played a, a number of games and scored a number of goals, but didn't get the consistent game time he was after. Before that, he was at Genoa as well, where he had a little bit uh, a little bit more luck, and that's what put him on the radar of uh, of AS Roma. So he's been in Italy for a little while now and sort of established himself in that league. Hopefully now he can find that consistency of game time and scoring with uh, with Spezia as well. And um, having travelled around Italy, I know uh, where Spezia is and um, he's certainly going to be living in one of the best parts of Italy, that's for sure. Indeed, and shows that I should do more research on Uzbek <laughs> footballers. Um, one, uh, one final question, Paolo. Uh, see Saudi Arabia going to be a major sponsor of the FIFA Women's World Cup here in Australia and New Zealand. How, how does that sit with you? Um. It shouldn't come as a surprise, really. I mean, they sponsored the the FIFA World Cup in in Qatar. We know FIFA are aligning themselves closely with with Saudi Arabia as well. And I know Saudi Arabia are investing heavily in in women's football as well. And people will question the the motives for that and and, and bring up the the term sports washing. And um, we can get into that discussion another day, perhaps over a beer, Simon. But um, <laughs> I, I know. I know having spoken to, to people at the, the Saudi Federation that they are doing this with the, the best intentions. They know they've lagged behind in, in this field for a long time and the issues around women's rights in that country, but they're doing it out of the right intentions, trying to develop um, women's football properly in that country. And they're investing heavily. They're bidding for the 2026 Women's Asian Cup as well, going up against Australia for that. And I wouldn't be surprised if they actually got the hosting rights to that as well, which would no doubt cause um, a lot more consternation. So mm. they're investing heavily in in women's football. It's going to create a, a lot of talking points. But um, I think the more development in, in women's football, the better for everywhere across the region. I think we could do a whole episode on uh, the geopolitical shift of football towards yes. uh, the Gulf. And you'll be front and centre, Paolo, as you are every week <laughs> with Football Asia. Hey, thanks, mate. We're going to leave it there, but uh, we'll speak to you same time, same place next week. See you, Paul. Cheers, guys. Cheers, guys. That's uh, Paul Williams from the Asian Game Podcast.